You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Howard. Hello, Oilers fans, and thank you so much for tuning in to a special edition of The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Big thank you to our sponsor, DraftKings. If you are going to sign up, and I recommend you do so responsibly, make sure you use promo code THPN, all sorts of great deals. When you do that at DraftKings, download the DraftKings app. Trust me, it's a lot of fun, especially with playoffs getting going here with the NHL, the NBA. you got Major League Baseball. You're also going to have UFC events. Highly recommend it. Download the DraftKings app, sign up, and make sure you use promo code THPN when you do so. And this is a special edition of the Other Connor podcast. Usually we just come out with new episodes on Tuesday and Friday, but of course, Tonight, the NHL playoffs for the Edmonton Oilers get going. Oilers and Jets down at the Ice District. So I wanted to do something a little special. We're going to bring in Cam Moon. He, of course, play-by-play voice for the Edmonton Oilers on the Oilers radio network on 630 Ched. He filled in this year for Jack Michaels when Jack was doing the national broadcast on Rogers Sportsnet. And, of course, he absolutely crushed it. For those of you who don't know Cam Moon... His contribution to the hockey world is massive. Obviously, he played the game. He played in the WHL, started doing the Red Deer Rebels games back in 1998. Since then, he's called over 1,700 games. He's done work with the media relations as well, done work for Hockey Canada. We're going to bring Cam in and talk about the Oilers Jet Series as well as his career in hockey and how it all came to be from player to broadcaster to media guy, now doing it in the show And then we'll talk about the Edmonton Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets as well. Of course, they get going Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, puck drop down at Rogers Place. If you're looking for some pregame coverage, TSN 1260 will have you covered all day. And then at 6 o'clock, the official pregame show with Tom Gazzola, Matt Cassian, and myself will get going. You can tune in on TSN 1260.ca or on the old AM dial for the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, this is the matchup, if you could have asked them, that I think they would have wanted. They had a lot of success against the Winnipeg Jets this season. Of course, in this unique 2021 year, they met nine times. The Oilers won seven of those nine games. Connor McDavid, stud, classic, probably don't have to really tell you that. You knew that. Connor McDavid in those games, those seven goals, including a hat-trick on April 26th in a 6-1 win, 15 assists. Leon Dreisaitl was solid as well, seven goals, five assists. In those nine games, Mike Smith played in five games against the Jets this season. It didn't start off very well. Back on February 15th, the Oilers lost 6-5 to the Jets. Smith was not too great, allowing four goals on 11 shots, and uh, that was when he came back from injury. So there wasn't a whole lot of surprise. I think there was still some rust there for the veteran goaltender, but he bounced back only two days later, making 33 saves on 35 shots. The Oilers would defeat the Jets 3-2. to He would take on the Jets once again on March 20th. It was a 4-2 win where he made 29 saves on 31 shots. Wouldn't play them again until April 17th. A 4-0 shutout win, 26 save on 26 shots. And then on April 26th, the Oilers defeating the Jets 6-1. Smith making 36 saves on 37 shots. So Mike Smith has been very good for the Edmonton Oilers this season when it comes to taking on the Winnipeg Jets. Now you look at the Edmonton Oilers lineup heading into this one, and a few changes, a few things that stay the same. Of course, that top line, Connor McDavid with Jesse Pugliarvi, those two have had a lot of success this season. 
Leon Dreisaitl, he won't be there. It'll be his countrymen, though. Dominic Cahoon starting off on the top line with McDavid and Yossi Pugliarvi. On the second line, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Leon Dreisaitl, Kyler Yamamoto. If those guys can recreate the success they had last year, watch out Winnipeg. I mean, it could be tough. Easier said than done, but they've got some chemistry going back to last season. The third line, interesting. I'm going to say that. This line really does intrigue me. James Neal, Ryan McLeod, and Zach Cassian coming back from the leg injury for the NHL playoffs. James Neal, the guy can finish. Ryan McLeod, he can skate and hit. And Zach Cassian, I mean, it will be maybe tougher for him. We know he's an emotional player. There's not going to be any fans in the building. But that's a guy who can really take over a series. We saw it a couple of years ago against the San Jose Sharks. If he's out there and he's healthy, I look for him to do good things on that third line. Your fourth line going into game number one. Josh Archibald on the wing. You know, he'll be flying around. Jujar Kara centering the line. And Alex Chason on the right wing. Defensively, you've got Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry. Those two, solid all year. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov and Adam Larson be your shutdown pairing. And then you've got Ethan Bear with Slater Cuckoo. Another one uh, on the podcast earlier this week, we were a little bit unsure what might happen. But that game against the Vancouver Canucks obviously meant something for head coach Dave Tippett and their staff, as well as Slater Cuckoo. He played 17 games, his first game since mid-February. And uh, he'll get the start in game number one. But we'll see what happens. If Chris Russell eventually does get healthy, maybe he slides in there. Maybe it's Caleb Jones. We will have to see what happens. And obviously, if the Oilers are winning, you're probably not going to make too many changes. Uh, Mike Smith, obviously, going to be the guy heading into the playoffs. I told you about the success that he's had against the Winnipeg Jets this year. They're going to look for that to continue. Now, let's get to a conversation I had with the voice of the Edmonton Oilers. He's jumped in on the Oilers broadcast on 630 Ched when Jack Michaels hops over to the TV side. I had a chance to catch up with Cam Moon earlier on today. We'll get to that conversation right now. We're now joined by Cam Moon. You've heard him on 630 Chet on the Oilers Radio Network. He goes long beyond that, though, when it comes to hockey in our country and in our province. Of course, longtime voice of the Red Deer Rebels, if I do my research here, over 1,700 games since 1998. Also has done work with Hockey Canada. He played in the WHL for the Raiders, Blades, and Tigers. Cam, thank you so much for hopping on the Other Connor podcast here. Really appreciate it. Hey, no problem at all. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. We've been talking for a few days here trying to make it happen. We finally got it uh, got it done, and just glad you could hop on. But before we get in talking about the Oilers as they're set to take on the Jets Wednesday night, round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, let's talk a little bit about you. And uh, how did you get into broadcasting? How did it all start, and was that always something you wanted to do? Yeah, I, I, like growing up, I always had a fascination with the the broadcast side of things whether that be radio or television and and when I was playing junior I when in my it was in my 20 year old year I was you know thinking of what the next step was going to be because it wasn't going to be pro hockey so I was like I got to figure something out so I I came back to Edmonton uh this is where I grew up and I went to Nate and I took radio and television arts. Uh, I played for the Ooks my first year there. And then my second year, out of, I mean, just dumb luck, I uh, I got a job doing the color commentary on uh, TSN broadcasts of WHL games. And then it, it sort of spilled over to a little bit of OHL and a little bit of Quebec Major Junior. And, and then I was the, the roving reporter guy for... Uh, the Memorial Cup that year in Sault Ste. Marie. So it it just sort of 
you know, spurred things on while I was in my second year of school. And, and I was, I was terrible. Like I was, I was God awful. I didn't know what I was doing. And I, I knew all the players and stuff because I just played in the league a couple of years before, but it was just, I just didn't know. I just didn't know what I was doing broadcast wise yet. You know, you, you got to get some repetitions under your belt. And at that point I had none. So it was an uphill climb, but I learned as I went. I did some, uh, you know, national midget AAA championships. It was called the Air Canada Cup then. I did some uh, RBC Cups, which is a Centennial Cup for Junior A, and some Memorial Cups and that sort of thing. And I, I wanted to get into play-by-play, which I wasn't doing at that time. I was always like the color guy, um, analyzing the game, which I really enjoyed and, and it was fun. But I wanted to get into the play-by-play side of things and, and work in junior. And I got a job in Nanaimo. Uh, in the BC Hockey League, and I called their games for three years out there. Two of the three years, I was a goalie coach of the team, too, and working at the radio station, so it was crazy busy. And uh, then after three years there, uh, I got to Red Deer and had been in Red Deer for 22 years before I came here. So, yeah, it's uh, that's a lot of bus rides. That's a lot of uh, Western Canada and the northwestern United States. Um, for 12 years, I did Shaw uh, Shaw TV games, uh, WHL games on Shaw, um, in and around the Red Deer Rebels schedule. And I would always, like, I would do different roles. Sometimes I was color, sometimes I was play-by-play, sometimes I was host. Um, sometimes they put me between the benches. So I, I got a lot of different looks at, at um, television broadcasts for sure. Uh, and then, you know, calling the games at the Rebels, so you're doing a lot of radio, too. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of hockey games, and, and I've seen a lot of rinks, <laughs> and it's been incredibly fun. I'm going to ask you about making the jump to the Edmonton Oilers and to the National League, but two-part question here. Who was the best player you ever played against in your years in the WHL, and why are goalies the best analysts? Hmm. Okay. I'll start with the first one first. <laughs> Um, when I very first went up to the WHL, um, I played a couple of games with the Prince Albert Raiders when I was playing Junior A in uh, Nippon in the Saskatchewan Junior League. And I guess I didn't really play against them, more with was Mike Medano, was uh, maybe the best during my time in the WHL. I might have been the, the, the best player I saw. Um, yeah, just absolutely amazing to play against. I, I'd put Mike Sillinger right up there with anybody. Uh, he played with the Regina Pats, had a great shot, uh, played with Team Canada at the World Juniors, uh, won a, a gold medal in the uh, 91 World Juniors. It was held, held in Saskatoon. So I, I thought he was uh, uh, a real tough a real tough guy to play against because of his skill level, um, for sure. So, yeah, I would put those guys right up there. What was the second part? What was my second part? Second part, why are goalies the best analysts? Right. (laughs) And and, and I will make the comparison also in in baseball. Catchers usually make the best analysts in baseball. I think it's because the game's right in front of you. And to play goal well, you have to be analytical. You read and react. But you have to analyze what's happening. It's that whole game, yeah, and you're in there and, and you're, you're analyzing what your team's doing defensively, uh, what, that is working or not working. 
you're seeing it from a different perspective as far as offensively what they're doing. But, yeah, you get a real good sense of, of what players can do or not do when you're playing the position of goal. And I think because of that, you, you see guys that uh, can be very good analysts and, and have done a really good job with it. So that, that's my best guess anyway. How about that? I don't know that this is scientific. But that would be my best guess as to why uh, goalies make good analysts. You know, I think that's about as good of a reason as we're going to get, and I'm going to trust you because uh, obviously you're doing yeah. it. For, you've done it for a long time. You do it very well. Now, obviously, this year you make the jump to the National Hockey League with uh, Jack Michael starting to take a couple of the regional broadcasts with Sportsnet. He does a great job on TV on radio. How did you find out that you know your name might be in contention to take that job with Ched in the Oilers radio network? It came together incredibly fast. Um, I mean, I was in Red Deer. It was, oh, I don't know, maybe a, not even a week before the season started, I believe. And uh, Brent Sutter, the owner of the Rebels, phoned me and said, hey, the Evans Oilers called and asked for permission to talk to you. Is a job uh, of some sort. I think it has something to do with radio. And they wanted to give you a call. I said, okay. <clears throat> so I knew a call was coming. And, and you know, I had a... You know, a decent idea of what it, it entailed, but, you know, until you're really here, you don't know for sure. And then I got the call, asked if I would be interested in um, in interviewing for the job. And I said, like, yeah, absolutely, I would be. And we did an interview the next day. We did another one the day after that. I got offered the job the day after that. Then we announced it the next day. And then the day after that, I was in Edmonton at practice. And two days later, I called my first game. So... It went from like from nothing to something incredibly fast. I was uh, overwhelmed emotionally, quite honestly, because it's it's Edmonton. It's where I grew up. It's the team I watched as a kid. It's the team I love in a city that I love. And uh, I will tell anybody that will listen if I was given the choice of every team in the NHL this, uh, to call games on the radio, this would be my number one choice. And, and that is the absolute God's honest truth. So it, uh, it was a, a short and sharp learning curve. I've called a lot of games, but this is at a different level where you, you find information different ways. You, you know, things aren't exactly the same. So I had to figure all that all, all out. Yeah, the first couple of weeks, um, so that was a little different. Plus, it's you know during a COVID time when you're not doing things as you normally would. So you had to put that into the mix and, and calling games in empty rinks, put that into the mix and calling the road games from uh, from 6:30 Ched Studios. So put that into the mix too. So there was a lot of adjusting on the fly, and uh, you know it, it it all works out if you if you work real hard and, and try and do your best and uh, things seem to work out. So it's all gone very well. So Cam on the podcast, I mean, we've had a lot of guys from Edmonton that have gone on to play for the Oilers, Jason Strudwick, walking engage, uh, Steve McIntyre, guys that talked about, you know, how kind of emotional it was for them the first time throwing on the Oilers sweater and going out there at uh, Rexall and the Coliseum playing for the Edmonton Oilers, their hometown team. Was it emotional at all for you to do that first game, you know, for the team you grew up cheering for? Yes, yes, amazingly so. Uh, more than I expected, quite honestly. Um, like I knew it was, it was like I was very excited and uh, and very much anticipating the first game in a short amount of time, of course. Um, 
but yeah, the fact that it, it it's here, you know, where when I was a kid, I would I would have the game on on, on my clock radio because uh, back then, I mean, there weren't a ton of games on TV. And Rod Phillips, and you know that was that was like a, that was a big part of my growing up. So, yeah, being here and 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 doing the Oiler like doing the Oiler games was definitely not lost on me. It was it was it was absolutely emotional. And you know, the first goal scored in the first game that I called was Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I played a couple of years with the Red Deer Rebels, and uh, so one of the the greatest guys you'll ever meet. Um, so that. That made it actually really, uh, really uh, fun that night. Really cool, but yeah, that was uh, it was an emotional game for me for sure. So you had the goal call ready to go then, hey? Well, no, it's pretty organic, you know. <laughs> it, it's in the moment. I don't really, uh, I don't pre-plan a lot. It's usually pretty organic stuff. Cam, let's talk about the Oilers. Obviously, a great year for them, finishing second in the North Division. Now all sights on the Winnipeg Jets, best of seven series. And the Oilers had a pretty good season when it came to the head-to-head meetings against the Jets. Nine times, they win seven games. Uh, how do you like this matchup for the Oilers going forward here? Well, I like it, but I also know it's the playoffs. And everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And... <laughs> If you don't win game one, you just got punched in the mouth, and I have to you know, figure things out. So I like it. I thought they played really well against them, like you said. The power play was good against them. Uh, Connor McDavid was unbelievable against Winnipeg, 22 points in nine games. Like, of course, he was you know, pretty darn good against everybody, let's be honest. But uh, I like the matchup. I think they'll win the series. I do, but I also think it's going to be very difficult too. I, I think the Jets will will battle tooth and nail. They also know that you know winning two out of nine games going into the playoffs doesn't it doesn't mean a thing. Like from their point of view, all they have to do is try and come in here and, and take one one out of two in, in Edmonton, and you're heading back home. Not that home ice is a real big deal with nobody in the in the stands, but knowing that uh, if you take one out of two. You, you're sitting in, uh, you know, five games left, and, and three of them are in your rank. So, yeah, I, I like it for the Oilers, but I, I also know it's it's going to be incredibly tough. It's going to be incredibly competitive, competitive, and and I don't think it'll be easy. What do you make of just speaking of Connor McDavid? That top line of Jesse Puljujarvi, Connor McDavid, they've showed a lot of success. But Dominic Cahoon playing there, uh, do you think it's a short leash for Cahoon playing on that top line? And uh, do you think it's a good fit at least to start the series? It's a good fit to start the series. I, I, I don't know what the what the what the lease will be like. I, I do. I love that the coaching the coaching staff has has mixed that up uh, as much as they have over the over the season. Like where sometimes uh, Leon Drysdale is playing on the wing with McDavid, and sometimes he's not. And if you're the opposition coach, that's awfully hard to deal with when that's changing sometimes mid-game. Um, and I thought Dominic Cahoon's a good fit there, I think. Uh, but if you're the Oilers coaches, you always reserve the right that uh, we, can, we can mix that up anytime we want and, and really change the whole dynamic of what the team does offensively that way. So um, I, I expect that we're going to see you know, both variations 
throughout the series and, and throughout the playoffs for the Oilers. And and I think they're both good options. It's just you don't want to stick with one too long uh, and, and allow the opposition to counter move that. So I, I like that they move it around. We saw last year uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Leon Draisaitl, and Kyler Yamamoto playing so well, like putting up points at just an absolutely outstanding rate. Do you think they can find that chemistry like in this series, or do you think it takes a little bit more time for that to develop again? Yeah, I, I, I would love for them to do that. I mean, part of that is dictated by the opposition, too. Um, if the if the Winnipeg Jets are able to counter that in a good way, well, you know, it's not just going to come together because it comes together. I, it has to be kind of the right matchup that you're up against. So, And, and I always uh, try to look at it from from both sides of the equation but do I think that could be an effective line yeah Uh, to the level that it was late last season I don't know maybe maybe not but but I do think that's a really good line and and uh, I you know Kyler Yamamoto hasn't maybe put up the numbers this year that he would have liked same with Ryan Nugent Hopkins but that doesn't mean it can't all come together right now uh, in the in the playoffs so like that's the thing like it's it's brand new and whether you've had a, a great year or an average year or a below average year, it, it all starts new for you in the first game. And uh, and time after time, we see somebody have a, a playoff that was much better than the regular season and vice versa. It happens. So, yeah, who's to say? That's the beauty of it. You never know how it's going to go. That's what I love about calling games uh, on the radio is, is like, I, I don't know, like, I have an idea how it's going to go, but I don't actually know how it's going to go. It's it's the best uh, reality uh, television or radio that you can have is is sports because uh, it you can have the most amazing or hear one of the most amazing games of all time, and it can just come out of nowhere. So who knows, maybe game one is some classic of uh, Oilers and Jets. Now, I mean, I'm sure you've watched playoffs like the rest of us there. I mean, the first couple games we've seen, Battle of Florida has been amazing. Uh, you're seeing Boston and Washington has some, some fun, you know, games as well. Do you think the Oilers and Jets will come up with that level of intensity in game one? Yeah, I do. <laughs> like, and you're right. These, these first few games in the playoffs have been amazing. And it's, it, it never ceases to, uh, blow my mind that, when you get to the playoffs, the intensity level just ratchets right up. Plus, it's not like a regular season. It's certainly like a, a, reg, a normal regular season. When you, you know, five-game road trip, so you're playing five different teams and you're traveling and all that. Here, you're just locked in with one club. And, I mean, we had a, quite a bit of that during this regular season. But this is going to be – both teams are dealing with the same travel, so that part equals out. And and now it's it's win or go home. So that takes the that takes the intensity level up. These guys are competitive. They want to win. Uh, they want to have a chance to move on to the next round. If you move on to the next round, maybe you can move on to a round past that. But you know you you've got to bring it. You really 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 have to bring it. It it comes down to in a lot of cases, it's will, and it's the team that that has more will than the other is the one that moves on. Sometimes it's just flat out one team has more talent than the other. But it, it, and, and you would see that more in the WHL for sure. There weren't a lot of Cinderella stories 
in the WHL playoffs, teams that, you know, barely got in and then went, like, to the finals. That just doesn't happen. There's too big a gap between the top teams and the teams that barely get in. But in the NHL, there isn't that big a gap. Whether you just got into the playoffs or if you finished first, I mean, we've seen, you know, story after story of, of teams, you know, look at the Edmonton Oilers in 2006. I mean, there's a classic example of, of the Stanley Cup final. So it, it comes down to will. Some of it comes down to a bit of luck. I mean, staying healthy is a big part of it. Um, sometimes it's bad luck when it, when it goes the other way. But, yeah, that's that's what makes the, the playoffs so much fun is that it, it, it's just like the story from night to night. And you never know when a series is going to swing. That's another thing I love about the playoffs. Like then you can look back at the series after and go, you know what? The turning point was whatever the second period of the third game. Like but the the turning point might be in the first game, and it might not be till the seventh game. Like you just you just don't know when it's going to happen, and when it does swing, it's really hard to swing it back the other way. So again, that's another part of it that I quite enjoy. So I I'm looking forward to it. Tell you the truth. Yeah, and I, I like that you bring up the point. Like momentum can swing at any point. You go back to that 2000 Cup run that the Oilers had. I think Rafi Torres had a few big hits that could have done it. There's, yeah. you know, big saves and oh man. I, I mean, I, I cannot wait for Wednesday night, seven o'clock. It's going to be awesome, and uh, you'll be down there at the Ice District to call the game. Now, I think we know we're going to get out of Archibald, Karen, Chase on those guys. They're going to give you the honest effort, but I really do like the line that was brought together. Uh, the young kid, Ryan McLeod, you got the veteran, James Neal, and then the wild card, Zach Cassian. How do you think that line's going to come together? I hope it comes together really well. Um, I was so impressed with um, uh, Ryan McLeod. I, I know he didn't put up a lot of points in the regular season, that, uh, but his skating and his smarts leads me to believe that he's going to be very successful. And you put him with a couple of veterans like James Neal and Zach Cassian, and I would think Cassian would be really fired up because he's been out for as long as he has. So I think that line, uh, it would be very interesting, and I really hope that they have success. And a guy like James Neal that, you know, had a bit of a, a slow start, you know, that the health was was maybe a bit of an issue early on. And now, you know, the last few weeks, I, I think he's played really well. Like, he's playing the best hockey he's played all season. So he's really starting to, to get into shape and, and into into form, is, is what I should say. But when you got that experience of Cassian and Neil, and then the exuberance of youth for McLeod, it might make for a good line. Well, at least they're going to need more than just a couple of guys up front to get things done. So they're going to need some offense from other sources, whether that be, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins or Kyler Yamamoto or Yesapuliarvi, but but certainly that line with McLeod, Neil, and Cassian could be a huge key. Now, when you look at the back end, I think the top two pairings probably locked in. Tyson Berry and Darnell Nurse have been fantastic this year. Dmitry Kulikov and Adam Larson, great shutdown pairing. Go down to the third pairing, Ethan Bear. In my opinion, he's locked in there. But then that left spot might be a little more open. And uh, I don't know, on TSN 1260, we've had a lot of debate there. Were you surprised at all that Slater Cuckoo's the guy to start off this series playing there? At first, yeah, a little bit. And then when I thought about it more, maybe not as much. Um, Slater Cuckoo, with the experience he got last year with Chicago in the playoffs, the fact that he's uh, more of a physical guy, uh, than maybe Caleb Jones. 
this is the playoffs and and sometimes it turns into to heavy hockey and a guy like Cuckoo might be just what the doctor ordered on the back end for some for some you know, physical play and you can get that as well from from Adam Walsh, Dmitry Kulikov, and Darnell Nurse. That just adds a, just a little bit more heaviness on the back end. So, yeah, I, I when I thought about it a little bit more, I was like, no, no, I can I can totally see what the what the coaches are, are thinking here. They'll definitely give them a shot and and see how it goes. I mean, this stuff is all day to day. You know that, that it, this isn't. The way the lineup looks in game one isn't necessarily how it's going to look in game, you know, five or six. Things change uh, based on success or or non-success. So we'll see how it goes. But um, I like the look of the lineup going into game one. Yeah, and I mean, Slater Cuckoo in the bubble last year. If you get that guy, I'm sure Oilers fans would be pretty happy. I remember that pretty well. Uh, Just a couple more for you, Cam. Really appreciate you doing this. And uh, just looking on the flip side, of course, the Winnipeg Jets, uh, definitely some talent there. You've got uh, a great top three lines, uh, Connor Hellebuck, Vesna winner a couple of years ago. So when you look at this team, is there anything that worries you in the matchup going head-to-head? Well, definitely the goaltending of of Connor Hellebuck. Like, and I know he didn't have like his best games against the Oilers this year, but again, that going into the playoffs, I, I don't know that that means anything. So, I'll put a, a little bit of weight into that, but I'm not going to put a lot of weight into that because uh, of his track record, you know, prior to this season, like. He's the Vesna winner last year. This guy's he's amazing. So he could definitely play that way. So I think the Connor Hellebuck that uh, that scares me a little bit. And the depth up front, although uh, by the sounds of things there are maybe a few injury issues. Um, so that that puts a bit of a you know a bit of a monkey wrench in there for the Jets because the I think one of their assets is the is the depth that they have throughout that lineup up front especially like I, I like all four of their lines like even that fourth line they're a handful but the the top three lines they can all score uh, but if you don't have Nikolai Ehlers in the lineup and and I know he's been He's been out, and we don't know if he's going to play in this series or in game one. Uh, Andrew Kopp in that same type of uh, situation. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, same thing. So, like, uh, if if those guys all come in, yeah, they've got a lot of depth there for sure. If they don't, well, that depth takes an awful hit. Um, yeah, so I, I think... For the Oilers to to be successful, I think they really need to uh, uh, capitalize off the rush, which I thought they did against Winnipeg quite well this year, and and try to expose you know the back end a bit uh, to generate opportunity, which I thought they did against them and took took advantage of those chances. So that's that's what I would think the Oilers are are looking to do and 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 trying to be successful that way. But I, I still think. You know, Winnipeg's going to battle hard. They got a good team. It's a good lineup. You know, one point uh, and really not that long ago, before they had that you know, tailspin in late April or in through May, challenging for top spot in the 
in the division. And if you look at their record against everybody else but Edmonton, they did quite well. So I know they're going to be a tough opponent. Cam, a final question for you, and uh, feel free to plead the fifth if you want to. I've had a few people do that, but do you have a prediction for this series? Well, I, I did make one publicly, so so I'm going to have to stick to it. I said Oilers in six, and and I did think it was going to be. Uh, I, I think it's going to be tough. Like I think there's going to be some some real tight games. So I, I I think the Oilers will win, but I don't think it'll be easy at all. That's the exact same prediction uh, Tom Gazzola and Hernan Salas had on the show last time. So you're in good company, Oilers in six. I'm just going to lock it in there and hope it happens. Uh, Cam, thanks so much again for doing this. Really appreciate it, and we'll be tuning in on Wednesday night. Beautiful. Thank you. Excellent stuff from Cam Moon. Long time in the WHL. Made the jump to the NHL this year and absolutely crushing it on 630 Chet and the Oilers Radio Network. Big thank you to Cam for hopping on the Other Connor Podcast here. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the special edition of the Other Connor Podcast. Hopefully we can do it a little bit more down the stretch here. Maybe the Oilers pick up some wins. Of course, game number one, Wednesday night, taking on the Winnipeg Jets. Game two goes Friday. It's another 7 o'clock start. After that, the teams head out to Winnipeg. you got two games and two nights. On Sunday, it's a 5.30 start. And then on Monday, 7.45, puck drop. Mountain time following that, if necessary. You've got the game in Edmonton next Wednesday. Also in Winnipeg on Friday. And if there is a Game 7 needed, you'll be back at the Ice District next Sunday, May 30th. Hopefully it doesn't go that long. Uh, if you trust the predictions from Cam Moon, Gazola, Hernan, and myself, it'll be wrapped up in six. And if you uh, trust what Jim Toth said on the last episode of the Other Connor Podcast, he thinks the Jets have it in six. So I guess we all think that matchup on the 30th is quite unlikely, but that's why they play the game. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see if it happens. Thank you once again for tuning into a special edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Once again, download DraftKings, sign up, have some fun, be responsible. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.